0: Well, good evening all. Welcome once again to Hidden Treasures Revealed. We'll see where YAH has us go tonight with conversation. Look forward to the time together, and we'll be back here in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Phil, another good Tuesday evening. How was your day today?
1: Another good functional day. Uh, No complaints from today. Just working on that aspect of not complaining. I say no complaints, but I'm sure there was a time or two where I got that little bit of, really? And we don't even realize that that's a complaint.
0: I completely agree. I'm going through the same practicing and so good evening everyone if you're listening live or if you're listening on the podcast at another time glad to have you with us. Phil I had this come to mind today and was thinking about it and just thinking about some concepts and we have went through the gospel message and laid the foundation of it and it came to mind that we have not really talked about in depth or a lot of detail about the concept of really getting to the fundamentals of the gospel message. And this is a huge one. And it's a something that we've talked about at times. And this is something that's really so important to understand, as is all the truth of God to be able to understand it and to understand it and actually put it into practice, even more importantly. Uh, That's its function. And it's the concept of obedience. And as I was thinking more about this, we just recently talked about holiness and being holy, which holy is being set apart. And going through the gospel message, we have several aspects of it that go to you being set apart. You're set apart by your repentance. You're set apart by your obedience and you're set apart by your trust. And this is a circular concept that continually goes and and the point of it is to increase and continually grow it. Here recently we've talked about sin and being set apart is having faith in God, you must find a place where you don't sin. And a lot of people don't understand that, they misunderstand that thinking, well it's not possible for you to not sin. Well, it is possible. Not only is it possible to not sin, it's an absolute must. In order for anybody to enter the kingdom of heaven, you cannot bring sin with you into the kingdom of, of heaven. It's, it's an impossibility. And the aspect of obedience to God, we in order to understand obedience, we have to understand what sin is as well. And we've hit on this, and it came to mind to bring this out and give some detail on it. Many people think that sin means you feel bad for doing something you did wrong, and and you sinned. Well, the truth of God of what sin is, is sin is disobedience. Plain and simple. What's important is to understand what sin actually is when we say disobedience. Sin does not have to do with action. Sin is about the heart. And I'll explain. We've talked about this with the lower conscience. The lower conscience being the heart. The upconscious being your mind. What you do and what all of us do is the overflow of the heart is what comes out of the mouth. The sin has its root in the heart, and the actions come from the heart. It's not the opposite. The actions, the things that you do, will always follow your heart first. It's not the heart following the actions. So sin is all about the heart. Sin is all about the motivation, the direction. So if somebody says, well, I did this action and I sinned, I would say it's not the action that's the sin, it's the the heart where the sin started. The action came from the heart, and the way this came about, just thinking about this, was there was a question that I looked online and was curious, because we've had Socratic conversations about sin, and the question was, can a Christian stop sinning? And the way that it was brought about was, well, with sin, there's actions that you do. You sin in actions, and you You know, you're never going to, nobody is ever going to be perfect here in this life. Well, the truth is, is that it's not about you being perfect to not sin. It's obedience to God or disobedience to God, which is sin. So the issue is not in regards to staying sinning. If you're perfect, it's finding a place where you're walking in obedience to God with circumcision of the heart, because people assume that Yeshua Messiah was absolutely perfect when he was here on earth. And where the misunderstanding comes in is people will say, well, he was fully God and he was fully man. Well, if Messiah was fully God, then he would be perfect. But he was God, but he was also man because he was born of the spirit or conceived of the spirit, mother and father. So he was God because of his conception, but he was placed in Mary and was born a man. So he has a body of flesh just like we do. So it wasn't that he was perfect because we have scripture that backs it up that says once he was made perfect, that he became the source of salvation for those who obey him. So Messiah, what's what the way this works is is that it's the full obedience to God that, with circumcision of the heart, that you are able to not sin. You cannot attain perfection until you actually enter the kingdom and have an actual perfected body, but. While we are here, when we walk in circumcision of the heart, by the grace of God, we are in the process of perfecting, which means that we practice the things of God, we continually increase in them, getting rid of things that are in our lower conscience, replacing those with things that are godly. So we're always practicing, we're always perfecting, but we don't, we're don't, we not able to achieve the aspect of being perfected until the end. That's something that God does. Yah is able to make us perfect, but we can aim for that, but that's the final getting into the kingdom, just like Messiah is in heaven. When we enter the kingdom, we would then be perfected. And that gets confused because people assume that, well, well, Jesus, he's the only one that didn't sin because he was perfect. And the understanding is, is that it's not that he was perfect, is that he when he came to the age of accountability, when he understood the right from the wrong, he chose obedience to Abba and Emma, his parents, instead of sin. Therefore, he knew no sin because he did not sin because of his pledge to God. And him walking in that, giving his sacrifice, that is what sets us apart from, that's the, he was made in every way just like us, so we have the capability to not sin just like he did. And because he walked through the process, he laid the foundation to where we're able to walk as he did and we can live this life without sin because of him being the spotless lamb, him being without sin. He was the perfect sacrifice, the one without blemish, without spot. So we are able to be obedient to God fully in him. It's very important to understand that, to understand how to obey, how do you have to understand that? In order to obey God, the fullness of it, you've got to get away from sin because obedience to God means that everything that Yah says, everything that Yah would ask you, that you are absolutely 100% committed to walking in agreement with them and doing whatever they ask you to do because you really within your heart, you desire, you want to do it. And it's an important part of the journey because there's several places in scripture where we have an instance of Saul and Samuel, King Saul, and Yah asked him to do something. <clears throat> and Samuel went to him and said, You know, did you do what Yah asked you to do? And he said, Yeah, you know, I went and I brought back some of these goods to sacrifice to the Lord. And Samuel rebuked him and said, Is not obedience to Lord better to, to God better than sacrifice? That it's more important to obey God. Than to sacrifice. And he was talking about, well, you know, I did all these things for God. Well, but what God asked you to do was to do exactly what he said and to do the very best that you can. And to not assume that this is the best thing. And this was what God would want, but it's what YAH said to do. And I'm going to do what God says. Because in the journey of faith, we come to a point where we do things out of obligation for a time Because we want to be rescued from hell because of finding the terror of God. And simply obedience is compliance. That you being compliant with Yah says, whatever Yah says to do, whatever Yah asked of you, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be compliant. That makes it clear that their desire is not the obligation, which is, and they actually told us this, that they actually hate obligated compliance. <clears throat> Which means you're doing something because you 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 have to do it, and may not know that you want to do it. But it's well, I have to do this because I'm obligated to it. And yes, it'll it'll be that way for a time. But what needs to transform in that is that you change to a mindset of okay, I see that Yah is fair. I've tasted that the Lord is good. But I really want. I really am going to desire to do the things of God because I really want to do them, not to gain anything, not to escape hell, but I really want to be pleasing to them. That's what I desire to do. That's what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. Well, that's what's pleasing to Yah, and that's what Yah wants, is ultimately they want you to have a willful compliance, which the essence of obedience to God is that you are doing what you are doing because you really want to do it. And there's a transformation in there. But as the journey goes, you get away from doing things out of obligation because the law says it or God says to do it. But you transform to it's, it's your will as well that I really, Yah is fair and just. They are fair. They are good. And I'm going to do this because it's what I want to do. It's, it's right. And I want to do what is pleasing to God. Well, you transform that <clears throat> to a willful compliance, and that's what Yah's desire is And Messiah himself. I do everything the Father tells me to do. I want to do it. It's written about him in the scrolls, as it says in the Old Testament, here I am, I've come to do your will, O God. That I'm here to do your will, I'm here to do whatever want me to do. That's, that's what I want to do. And that's the essence of the Word of God is, and we talked about this before, Phil, it's throughout the whole Bible, two aspects that come around over and over again. Repentance and obedience. Over and over again. You turning to God with everything, you walking in their ways the very, very best you can. You know, what does you know God ask of you to do? Obey my commands, do what is pleasing in their sight. And but in order to walk in obedience to God, that you've got to find a place where that I'm going to be obedient to God and I'm not going to be disobedient at all. Well, that's the reason for getting away from sin because sin separates you from YAH because sin is disobedience to God. Well, if you're having a mindset just like Messiah that I'm going to be obedient to God, well, you must get away from sin. And people assume, well, Jesus died on the cross so that my sins are forgiven. And when I sin, it's my sins are forgiven. And no, no. The point of faith is finding a place where you don't sin because sin is disobedience to God it's not what's pleasing to God it's what Yah doesn't want and it just came to mind that going over this because people would just assume that we well, yeah, I sin and and it's forgiven and then I sin and it's forgiven but no the the faith journey is the end goal is to be without sin because Being holy as Yah's holy, as we said this recently, you cannot be holy if you continue to sin. Because if you continue to sin, you show that you're not being holy because you're not being set apart because Yah doesn't sin. Messiah doesn't sin. Mother doesn't sin. Abba doesn't sin. So therefore, if you claim to have fellowship with them, then you must obey their commands. Well, if you're sinning, you're not obeying their commands. So this is so important. And I remember I just saw this recently. I was telling you before we started that I saw a scripture that I had read it before, but I had not thought about it for a long time. And, you know, people will say, well, yeah, you know, Jesus came and yeah, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and he'll forgive your sins and and you just, you sin and and future sins, he'll forgive them when you confess them. Well, I came across a scripture that was in Matthew chapter, I think it's chapter 18. And it says the following if any one of these causes any of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for that man or woman to have a millstone tied around their neck and be thrown into the ocean. And I thought, wow, that's pretty clear on if any of you here those who are walking and following me cause them to sin? It would be better for you to have that happen. So that's that would be a pleasant experience versus falling into the hands of the living God. So Yeshua Messiah himself, in his preaching the good news, talking about hell, it'd be better for you to cut off a hand or lose an eye to be maimed instead of being thrown in hell fire. That That is not a stance of being okay with sinning and asking for forgiveness and the blood of Jesus cleansed me. And when he makes a statement like that, it's serious that find a place where you don't sin and don't be teaching people things that lead them to sin because this is what's going to happen. So this is a serious matter. And for us bringing the truth of God through this podcast and helping those that are seeking with all their heart, that you must walk in obedience to God. That's your life the life of Messiah. Messiah talked about him, that he learned obedience through what he suffered. He learned that obedience to God means you're willing to give everything. It doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what I go through. I'm going to be obedient to God, even to death, even death on a cross. It doesn't matter. My life doesn't matter to me. What matters is being pleasing to God or walking in their will. But we must understand that this is Part of the fundamental of the gospel message, and we talked recently about repentance, and repentance is a full turn to God. Walking in their ways, giving up your life, willing to sacrifice, in total one hundred agreement with them, and then as you ways, then you see what their ways are. You learn their ways, and you walk in compliance with them, in agreement with them, and in that journey, you walk in trust. And that is Messiah's life. Messiah's life was a life of repentance, obedience, and trust, walking in the ways of God. And that's why it's so important to really, as you listen to this, or you, you seek after Yah and you read the word, to really look and see what the word says. Because this is the essence of everything, even in the Old Testament with the tabernacle and all the articles that are in the tabernacle, that it's always been about obedience to God. That's always where the righteousness is and was, is Abraham believed God. Abraham was obedient to God. It was credited to him for righteousness, that he did what Yah wanted him to do. Yah wasn't concerned about the people that were walking in his ways of being perfect, because as long as you were obedient to them, they would give you everything that you need. And they knew that being in a body of flesh, having the sin nature, that you weren't able to be perfect, but you were able to be obedient. You know, even the blood of bulls and goats and mentions in Hebrews can never take away sins. It was walking in obedience to God was the essence of the sacrifice is that if you didn't do it absolutely perfect, it wasn't about that. It was about you believing God and doing what they said to do because you believe God. And this is just, this just came to mind with the aspect of what we've been talking about. And this is such an important thing to understand what obedience to God is and to make sure that you're walking in obedience to them and that you know their ways so that you can be pleasing to them and walk as Messiah did. So, Phil, I'll turn it over to you if you have any thoughts on this, but this is just one of those, as you could say, back to the basics, the fundamentals, that this is part of the aspect of the life of the believer in God.
1: Well, it's Hugely important that people understand first off that if you're going to find God, you you have to follow the order at which God is laid out. And it's interesting because uh, I was reading in Numbers uh, this morning and I was reading about the encampment around the tabernacle and what each of the tribes was supposed to do, uh, what their responsibilities were. Um, with the responsibilities of the Levites, because the Levites were separate, I uh, and then whenever they moved, there was an order of tribes that they were they were told to follow. It was the the ones on the east side first, and then they would fall in. I believe it was I uh, the east side, then the south side, then the the I. Uh, west side, and then the north side. Um, I'd have to look at that again to see. But God made it clear that this is the order to do it, and God gave specific instructions to specific uh, Levites as to what their responsibility was in the uh, concept of it and what the aspect of the Israelites. And what I find interesting is that We, I don't think we get a picture of how vast, how big the encampment would have been around the tabernacle. And what a a huge undertaking to move that tabernacle and then set it up and then set up your camps again in the same order. And it, and it was specific orders on each side, and they were supposed to be in those specific places. And God, uh, God is a God of order, and so it's really important that we recognize that there is that order and the vastness of the encampment, okay? You're not talking 60 men, okay? You're not talking... Six hundred men. We're talking six hundred thousand able-bodied fighting men from the age of twenty and older. Okay, so we're we're, we're looking at a group that was counted as six hundred thousand, but then you add all the women and then all the offspring from newborn up to 19 years old, you're talking a huge amount of people in the encampment. And it's interesting because the priests were encamped around the tabernacle first, and then the tribes with the fighting men were spread out, so as to give a uh, protective barrier to the actual uh, tabernacle. Now, not saying that God, because God's the ultimate protection in that. Uh, And when we talk about the obedience to God, this is something that is really important to understand because we have to go back, we, we call the uh, obedience a fundamental, which it is, but it's up the line from where you begin, and people need to know where they need to begin in order to be able to move to that place of obedience. Uh, and you can look at it just like it says in Hebrews, you know, when you have circumcision of the heart is what it's talking about when you know we're-, we're we move on from the elementary teaching. everything up to the circumcision of the heart is elementary teachings, and you start back in kindergarten. OK, so you start learning your fundamentals in kindergarten, just like you don't know how to spell words, but you're learning your fundamentals of A, B, C, D. So you learn the alphabet and then you can move to where you start forming words. And so the concept is seeking God with all of your heart, kindergarten. And then I uh, believing God, first grade and believing in God, second grade. And then repenting, or having the godly sorrow, third grade, and then repenting, fourth, obeying, fifth, trust, sixth, and then circumcision of the heart. Now you graduate the elementary teachings, but those elementary teachings you have graduated and leaving them behind, meaning that we don't have to, for somebody who's graduated that We don't have to go over that again and again with that same person. If we do, that's a problem. But you must follow those fundamentals to get to the point of obedience. And it's interesting because all of what we talk about is each step in the process, you have to fulfill each step to move to the next step. And But you can't do it to the objective goal that is expected until you have circumcision of the heart. Even those in the desert that were being considered to be obedient to God were still having disobedience, because if they didn't, then they would not have had to offer sacrifices once a year for the sins of the priest and for the community, the sins that were committed uh, unintentionally. Now, intentional sin wasn't excused and wasn't forgiven, uh, but unintentional sin was, and that's why they had to offer sacrifice because uh, disobedience is sin. And because they, in their mind, they would have wanted to be obedient completely to God but they were not capable of doing that because of the uh, sinful nature on the heart, and we uh, brought out repentance. Repentance is the same way. You you set in your mind you're going to do these things. So every step that we're talking about in the gospel message that brings you up to circumcision of the heart is you doing it in your mind, in order that when you have proven yourself faithful to God, then they'll give you the circumcision of the heart, but you have to go through the order of things in order to do it. And how can you be obedient to God if you set aside the Old Testament and we just go straight to Messiah because, well, he came and died for our sins, but you set aside the written code and then what, well, you're, you you can not be obedient to ABBA. You can't even show uh, that your mind is set that you want to be obedient because you haven't even gone to ABBA to figure out what he wants. And so anybody who would claim that they're obeying God that hasn't first walked through the old covenant is a liar. It's an impossibility for you to have obedience to God because you have to start at the beginning because God is a God of order, just like he told Moses on the mountain. Make sure that when you make the tabernacle, you make it to the exact instructions that I gave you on the mountain. Why? Because that's the importance. And even Noah was told the same thing when he was building the ark build it to these specifications that I'm giving you. And he didn't have, what do they call it? Um, uh, the Liberty to just, oh, I'm going to use my creative livid Liberty and decide that I'm going to change this, or I'm going to change that. Uh, that's how people get in troubles because you decide that you think, you know, better than God. And God said, no, I have a plan. And that plan must be followed exactly to the T. And if you don't follow it, you won't have it. And you must, you must go to Abba first. And I don't care who it is that might argue that. You can't be, if you don't go to Abba, how can he draw you to Messiah? And the people that the New Testament writers and Messiah himself were speaking to were people that were walking through the old covenant. And I'm not saying walk through the old covenant with the mindset that it's going to make you perfect and righteous before God. No, you walk through the old covenant to prove to God your heart of obedience, but you're going to fail at it. You're going to falter. You're not going to be able to achieve it because you have that stone, the sinful nature covering your heart, and you can do nothing about it. That has to be removed by mother, but she can't remove it if you do the steps of the process in order to make it to that point where you're ready because all that from seeking with all of your heart all the way up through the trust aspect Is all you have to do that in your conscious mind, setting it with absolution that I I don't care how many times I do this thing, I'm still not going to agree with it and I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. And if I have to fight it till the day I die, then that's what I have to do. That's the kind of uh, grit and determination to set something because you when you set something like that god's going to test you in it to see and i know that what happens in the journey is you set your mind you're going to obey god and i'm not going to do these things and you find out and you you recognize and realize that you start it starts getting worse than what you had before and you're able to see that it's getting worse and God wants to see what's going to be your response. Or are you going to just, well, this is just too much. I, I can't do it. I I quit. No, there there is no can't in a mindset that's a mindset that is set in something. It's, I don't care. I'm going to fight this until the day I die. If I don't achieve it in this life, it doesn't matter because I'm going to uh, go at it with everything that I have. And so... It's really important that you have to go through each one of the steps. You have to set your mind in seeking with all of your heart. And remember, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts. With that set, that means that we, we don't operate. God does not operate in the linear perspective, which means one and done. You, you start here. You finish here. Okay. I don't need that anymore. It's no different than the fundamentals that you learned of math or of the ABCs, that you will use those consistently and constantly through your life. It's just the fact that you left those elementary teachings, meaning that we don't have to, Sean, okay, let's sing the ABCs, make sure you have them. No, you don't need that because you've moved on to maturity, but you still use the fundamental teachings. And this is. Hugely important that people understand that you don't leave any of the steps behind because no matter where you go, you have to have that seeking with all of your heart and you have to believe God and you have to believe in God. And when you believe in God, you recognize where you've misstepped and you have that godly sorrow. And that godly sorrow, no, I don't agree with that. I'm not doing it. You have the repentance. Uh, Well, I'm going to continue. I'm going to make sure I don't do this anymore. You you have the obedience. Well, I need your help, God, to show me these things. So now you have the trust. And so really important that people understand when we talk about the panel of obedience and we talk about that in the faith journey and the gospel message that you have to get to a point where you set your mind in obedience, you are not going to be capable of fulfilling obedience because you still have the sinful nature. It doesn't matter. If you're seeking God with all of your heart and you've repented to God, then for that time, your sins are forgiven. You still have a guilty conscience because that's what tells you that you know that you're wrong. And until you have a clear conscience, you will not know that you have circumcision of the heart. But when you have a clear conscience, then you know that you have circumcision of the heart. And so it's very important that people don't just try to jump to, oh, I'm, I'm going to obey God. No, you got to go back to the beginning. And if you don't start with the Old Testament, how can you, uh, Messiah was a minister of the new covenant. How can you receive a new covenant if you haven't walked in the old covenant? The the, the It's not a blanket that, Oh, God made a new covenant covenant, and the old is completely done away with. No, Messiah said not even the slightest stroke of the pen will be removed. Why? Because he knows that that's a part of the faith journey that you have to walk. You have to do that. And in your mind and how you handle that in your mind and you're crying out to God, you're calling aloud for understanding that is what drives you to the brokenness that's necessary. And then you move on to repentance. And then and when you've repented, you can obey. And when you obey, then you can trust. And But you can only do it in your mind. You will not be able to fulfill trusting God. You will not be able to, a situation is going to come along and you're going to be like, well, I'm going to trust God in this. And then you're going to find yourself not trusting God because, no, I'm going to, and then you get to the end of it and you're like, I didn't trust God. I, I No, I'm going to trust God with everything. So next time I'm going to be looking for it. So you have to set your mind in each part of the steps of the gospel message. And even when you get to the aspect that, okay, you've repented to Abba. Now he's going to bring you to Messiah. Messiah is going to show you what obedience is. It is. So you try to do it to the best of your ability, and when you can't fulfill that, that's when Messiah's blood has given you the forgiveness for those sins. So you're still okay. Now, if you choose that you're going to go and continue to sin and it's okay, now we got another issue, that's a problem in the midst of it. And so just... For clarification's sake, you will not be able to have the fullness of, of uh, obedience or any step in the process until you have circumcision of the heart. And if you don't go through the Old Testament first, you have the fear of Abba, then become abba's friend then he brings you to messiah you you it's a it's an absolute you cannot. you cannot have faith in messiah without walking through the old covenant first in the process and all that is is You're doing, you're making the attempt to be obedient to God to the absolute best of your ability. So you read the word, and well, the word says this, and so I'm going to make sure I'm not doing that. And the word says that, and I'm going to make sure I'm not doing that. And well, I don't understand all the other things. Don't worry about all the other things. Understand the Old Testament for what it's there for, and it's there to show you that God is a terrorist, and you have a choice to make. You're either going to be God's adversary or you're gonna be a friend. Now, when you become a friend of God, then God is no longer a terrorist to you, but he's a terrorist to those who are uh, adversaries to him, that, that are the devil to him, because devil means adversary. And I just, as you were talking about this, those were the thoughts that were going through my mind just for clarification that You know, if you don't know what circumcision of the heart is, then how can you be cleansed when the Bible talks about circumcision of the heart done by the the hands of the spirit, not by the hands of man. But it doesn't remove your aspect of circumcising your heart. And the gospel message is set up that when you fulfill all of that, and you get to the end in the trust aspect, and you've sacrificed your life of selfishness over to God. I no longer care about my life. What I care about is the life of God. They're going to test you in it. And You've been tested, and you prove genuine. Mother will give you circumcision of the heart, and you will then, you will be able to, not only in your mind, but in your heart, you will be able to fulfill the seeking with all of your heart, the believing God, the believing in God, the godly sorrow, the repentance, the obedience, the trust. And we want to make sure that people understand this does not come from what you call an accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can't even accept Messiah to be the Lord over you if you haven't gone to Abba first and made Him Lord, and that's the whole thing. When you make Abba Lord of your life, then why would you not strive to do what the Old Testament says when God says, walk in my ways, be obedient, trust, and obey? Well, well, you go to the Father and you show the obedience by doing the best you can and again. We're not saying do it, and that will will give you salvation. No, the law is not able to save anybody. The law is only there to prove whether you're a lawbreaker or a law-abiding citizen. Even law-abiding citizens break the law, but they don't necessarily pay the consequence. You know, if you have somebody who's uh, broken a law and— they're sorrowful about it. And you know, Hey, judge, no, I did do this and I shouldn't have done it. I know that it was wrong and I'm going to make sure I don't do it again. I'm willing to take whatever consequence you have. Then the judge might look at you and say, Oh, okay, well, I'm going to let you go this time, but go and sin no more. he, <laughs> don't show up before me in this courtroom again with this same charge because i'm not going to let you off then because you you're not showing that you really mean what you say and so when we talk about repentance obedience and trust you cannot fulfill that until you have the sinful nature removed and that's why you know the the word says That I tell you these things that you will not sin, but if you do sin, okay, well, if you're on that journey of the the sins that lead to righteousness, which are sins found in seeking repentance, obedience, and trust, then you get to move to that place. You have uh, the Messiah as an advocate, and then you move to the place of having circumcision of the heart where your sins are removed. And now you have a clear conscience. Your sinful nature has been taken from your heart and placed in your body of flesh. And that's important for people to understand. When the sinful nature is on your heart and you still sin and you know you sin, it doesn't matter how you think you're getting better. What's happening is the enemy is drawing back from you to give you the perception that you're getting better. But you're not, you're, you're getting any better because the only way you can get better is for that nature of sin to be removed from your heart because, and we spoke about this on the last podcast, I believe it was the last one, but anyway, the sinful nature, if it goes, if it's in your heart when you die, then it travels with you into the afterlife and if it travels with you into the afterlife then you have to burn in eternity because it has to be destroyed and so the objective is let you circumcise your heart by setting your mind in all these steps of the gospel message and then let mother remove the sinful nature from your heart put it in your body of flesh you will have a thorn in the flesh just like paul was told but when you die the sinful nature is attached to the flesh. The flesh stays here and the sinful nature perishes just like the chaff from the uh, from the grain, the chaff gets blown away or thrown into the fire. Uh, so those are just some things that were coming to me as an important aspect as we continue to talk about all the steps, but this step here of obedience to God and repent and obey is from Genesis to Revelation all the way through the Bible, repent and obey along with trust and obey. So you have the repentance, the obedience and the trust that run through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation.
0: Just the truth of God. You, you just can't get away from it. The straightforward detail and I'm going to go back to what you said about the Old Testament. You have the Old Covenant that God made with the people. And as you were speaking, what was this one of mine, that you must go through the Old Covenant, go through the steps, because Abba says to the people, circumcise your hearts and be stiff-necked no longer. And it even mentions in Hebrews That with the old covenant, the reason that the new covenant came is because YAH found fault with the people, that they did not remain in my covenant. Well, YAH knew that because they still had sin in their heart, that no matter, even if they were, they said, I'm going to do this, that YAH knew that they wouldn't be able to fulfill it because sin was still in the heart. And this just clicked in my mind when you had mentioned nobody comes to Yeshua unless Abba draws them. The sign to get you that Abba is going to bring you to Yeshua is when you circumcise your heart, because think about the steps that we talked about. Repentance, obedience, and trust in your mind to where when you get to the trust, you circumcise your heart. And that's the proof for me to take you to my son, because the beauty of this is from the old covenant to the new covenant, the reason it has to be in the order of the old Testament to the new is because the old covenant is is about doing it in your mind to then transform to Yeshua where the new covenant is about transference of that to the heart. And that's why that covenant has greater promises because it's built on Messiah being the high priest, the power of an endless life, not a priesthood where the men would die. And it was faulty because the priest wouldn't live forever, but we have a merciful high priest that's wholly blameless and set apart so that Messiah brings in a new covenant where we can draw near to God in a better way because it's drawing near to God where you have a place where you don't sin anymore, which is an everlasting covenant. Because we have in Jeremiah, y'all you know, talking about the new covenant. This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel and Judah in those days. And he says, I will write my laws in their hearts and in their minds. They shall be, uh, uh, they will I will be their God and they shall be my people. And he says, nobody will say know the Lord because all will know me from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the key part that stuck out to me was, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. And when this is done, there's no longer any more sacrifice for sins because Messiah is the sufficient sacrifice that we follow as he did so to bring in the new covenant you've got to walk through it in the old to do it in your mind first because you're not capable of walking in the new covenant until you have circumcision of the heart because then you have the law written on your heart you have mother living in your heart the law of the spirit of life and you have it written in your mind so we no longer live by the written bible we live by the word of god which is writing the law on our heart or on our mind so therefore, we're, we're able to be fully pleasing to God and walking without sin, because then, like you said, the fullness of obedience, repentance, and trust is there because then you're walking without sin, and therefore, what fault is God going to find with us? There isn't, because sin has been taken away. There, there's no fault. It's just, hey, look at this or evaluate that. That's something out of your lower conscience, or but it's not sin. Because of it's sin, then, like we said, you go back to disobedience again. So it's just like with holiness, with baptism, that you have the aspects of it's a journey to get to the full obedience, just like it's a journey to get to the full repentance, the journey to get to the trust. And it's just a transformation from the mind, the conscience mind to the lower conscience. And then there you walk as Messiah did because in the heavenly realm, the spirit of the law, that that's what they live by. It's the core of the heart is what you're living by because Yah is going to be obedient to their law. They're not going to break their law because if they did, they wouldn't be God. And then you can walk in perfection because you've been made perfect. And then now the law is your way of living. It, it's not a code to attempt to do by works. It's a, a way of life. Well, how could you how could you walk and keep the law if you weren't perfect and that's the thing is once you get to the kingdom of heaven there isn't going to be anybody lawless everybody there is going to be lawful and this is just a a beautiful way of Yah to make clear that obedience it's a journey to get to be able to obey god because if there's even if you have the best intent in your mind like you said the heart still has sin in it so therefore you're not being obedient to god you're you're complying with God the best you can. And Yah is pleased that, okay, well, I see you're walking in repentance and therefore I'll forgive your sins. But there's still a journey to get to that promised land where uh, I'm gonna take you to a land where you can walk in my son, have the fullness of faith and you can walk in obedience because there's a scripture that says, Messiah said that the father is looking for the worshiper that worships in spirit and in truth. Well, to worship in spirit, how are you going to be able to worship God in spirit? If you have the sin nature there, you have the sin nature taken away. Then now you can walk in the truth the way it was intended, which means no sin, complete obedience to God. So it's just a beautiful journey that we can and must walk as Messiah did. And Messiah was the example. He walked through the old Testament. He walked through, you know, being in the new Testament, um, saying what he said, what he taught. He went around, he taught the spirit of the law. that That's the essence of his teaching was he taught the spirit of the law that you're getting on me saying that we're not keeping the Sabbath. Well, here's what the Sabbath is. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Is it lawful to do good or evil on the Sabbath? If you have one of your sheep fall in a pit, is it on the Sabbath, would you go and get the sheep out of the pit? You know, because you, you're just thinking about this code that says you can't, you you have to do what this written code says. And you no, know, you don't, you don't understand the Sabbath was made for man. It was made for you. It was made to where you can rest. It's to benefit you. So why are you getting all bent out of shape? It was made. And I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the day of rest. I'm the one that gives you the Sabbath. So who are you to come to me and tell, and not that he would say this, but who are you to come to me and say, we're breaking the Sabbath with you don't understand what the Sabbath is. I'm the one that's bringing in the true Sabbath, which is you can rest, from condemnation because of sin that's the sabbath day because remember in the old testament what was they the, they were told about the sabbath remember the sabbath and keep it holy well that's the thing the holiness of it is being set apart to where well you rest meaning you rest from justifying yourself for attempting to be good enough before god stop all that stuff rest get away from sin in me you can actually rest because you don't have that condemnation of the law because of your sin over you anymore rest but that doesn't mean that you don't you can just go back to sin no that you have a rest but that rest means that you don't sin so all this you you go through the Old Testament so that you can then understand the spirit of the law that if you haven't walked through it to repent to God then why would you even, look at doing it from the heart if you're not even in your mind going to reject that it's it's a much deeper aspect you know even if you hate somebody you've committed murder well that it goes deep so do you see how the law can't save you because if you've even lusted after a woman if you've even hated somebody in your heart you've committed murder so you're not right before god you think you are so you don't realize you need a savior here that understands that how wretched pitiful poor blind and naked yet you are so quit trying to justify yourself by any law and and say yeah i'm completely naked and dependent upon you save me help me okay well come and believe in my son and then therefore you can be cleansed of all unrighteousness but that scripture that you mention is just plucked out of that's the justification for sin because hey you just confess your sins and you're forgiven, but that's talking about somebody that's walking in repentance that has an advocate of Messiah, that you have an advocate if you do sin, but I'm writing you that to you so that you do not sin. And just going back to the scripture I had before, when Messiah says it's better for somebody that would teach you something to lead you to sin to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown in the ocean, that, that's a warning to say, don't be doing things that lead people to sin, teach people. How to turn away from sin and get away from it don't tell them it's okay to continue to sin because you're going to have that millstone tied around your neck and that's not the place you want to be in the circumstance but that's a, a excellent point that yah is bringing out that we throw the word obey around a lot well you know i am obeying god well but in order to obey god it's got to be your intention and your your desire to do that and with circumcision of heart you're able to actually have the desire in the heart to be obedient to God, no matter what the circumstance.
1: And how can you be obeying God? If you have set aside the old covenant, if you have set aside the law, how can you be obedient to God? Paul speaks about this. Paul, he speaks about, uh, Do we nullify this law by faith? Absolutely not. We uphold the law, but how can you uphold the law? If you've set it aside, if you, well, we don't need that Messiah came and, and Messiah himself said that not the slightest stroke of the pen will be removed until this is finished. When is it finished? When you have circumcision of the heart, then for you, it's finished. Until that point, you are under the law of God, whether you recognize it or not, whether you like it or not, you are under the law of God, which brings condemnation, and that's why you have fear of things. We uphold the law. And because of faith in Messiah and walking as he did, we have the ability to uphold the law. Because it's not, we're not doing it by the written code, and thinking that us doing it is going to save us. No, we, because of obedience to God, are being taught by Mother. This is what it means. Just like Messiah brought up, you know, I'm the, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. We, I, I know, you know, the the aspects that come out. It's just, I, uh, just really important and. There's another place in scripture where it says, and so remember, all sin is disobedience. Okay? So, how can you walk in obedience to God if you're disobeying the law because you haven't followed? the old covenant, you have set it aside. If the Bible says, and God says that it's shameful to just speak about the things that the disobedient do in secret. And you think that you can continue to disobey God, even on a small scale, And God's okay with that? And God, now, if your mindset is in absolution that you're going to obey God, then you're going to fight whatever sin it is that comes your way, and then when you fall to it, you're gonna fall on your face before God pleading for mercy because, and explaining to God that, no, I don't wanna do this, I am going to fight this, uh, whatever it takes that's what I'm going to do unfortunately people have not been taught the truth and they believe the lie they believe not just the lie that Messiah was speaking about but they believe the lies that people are telling them that yeah you don't you you don't need the old cunning Messiah said it's there but you don't need it It's never going to disappear, but you don't need it. We uphold it, but you don't need it. No, you can't uphold something that you've set aside, and therefore you can't be obedient to it if you set it aside. And that's what faith does is because Paul knew that it gives you the ability, the faith with circumcision of the heart gives you the ability to uphold the law. That is the only thing that gives you the ability. And it's not by your work. It's by the work of mother who, when you prove faithful, removes that circumcision. She does the circumcision of the heart, removes the sinful nature. Now the sinful nature is gone. Now you are the master of sin instead of sin mastering you. But that only comes at circumcision of the heart. And I promise you, if you don't go, Through the Old Covenant first, with the mindset of obedience to Abba in it, you cannot have Messiah. I don't care how much you profess it. I don't care how much of a smile you put on your face and how many uh, posts you put on uh, Facebook about uh, what the Bible says. You put it on there. Are you following that exactly? And if you are, then you're going to get away from Christianity. That's that's the reality of it.
0: Well, you're talking about Paul, and Romans came to mind when he says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Messiah. And it's very interesting because the writing, it says, for the law of the spirit of life, in Messiah set me free from the law of sin and death. Well, mother is the spirit of the law is the law of the spirit of life, which is mother has set me free from the law of sin and death, the written code. So the written code, when you crucify yourself with Yeshua, the written code is nailed to your cross, just like it was to his. And then therefore mother comes in, which is the spirit of the law, the law of life that she gives you circumcision of the heart. So therefore, as the son has set you free, by him bringing in the circumcision of the heart, then you are free indeed because there's no condemnation anymore. So that's where you can have rest, which there's no condemnation because you're not under the law. You don't have the wrath of God waiting for you anymore that you're now a new creation and Messiah. So now you walk in the spirit of the law. It's now your lifestyle. Like you said that you're able to uphold the law because the law is now your life and it's in your heart and it's in your mind that this is my way of life now. I'm not using it to justify myself. I'm not using it to show who I am before God. It's, no, this is my life now. This is the way I want to live it. But without circumcision of the heart, then you cannot have mother within your heart in order to move you to be able to able to be obedient to God. And, and that, that's the purpose. And that's what we live by now is the word of God is, like Messiah said, that mankind doesn't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, which is the word of God. So therefore the way to actually, like you said, with the elementary teachings getting into the maturity is you just carry all of that learning that you've had so far. And then you just continue to build upon it because with our jobs and things, just think if we went in one day and we forgot how to do arithmetic and we forgot the ABCs, we would just be like being an infant again. There, there'd be nothing we could do. We would go all the way back to the beginning And that's the thing. If you fall away, which you turning away from it, you can't be brought back again to the beginning because you've destroyed everything. And therefore Messiah is not going to come back again in order for you to have a sacrifice. And that's why the importance of this is people aren't taught that you can actually stop sinning and aren't taught what sin actually is. So how are you going to be able to accomplish what the word of God says that you can do through the life of Messiah. If you don't understand what it is, that's why getting into what sin is versus what obedience is and realize the journey and the steps, because if you don't understand that, then you're not going to be able to do it because you don't know how to do it. It's just like you, you tell me, you know, Sean, go, go to your, your toilet and change the tank kit. Why don't even know what a tank kit is? I don't know what a toilet is where you can't, you're not going to be able to do anything unless you teach me step by step. And that's the thing. If you don't have a foundation of get away from sin, no matter how it affects you, then what's Messiah going to be able to do for you? Because he's just going to point you back. The rich on ruler, Lord, what do I do to get eternal life? Well, you know, the commands, you know, walk in obedience to the commands, but it's going to take more than that. And he came to him and asked him, what must he do? And he told him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. You know, you have to be willing to give up everything. And he wasn't willing to obey the son of God in that moment because he, it says he went away. Well, you're not willing to do that. Then you're not get eternal life. So right there, you're the one that asked the question and he told him what to do. And he just said, no, I'd rather have my riches, you know, but so you weren't willing to give up everything. And that just tells you that in order to gain eternal life, you must give up your very life. You must lay down your life so that you can take it back up again.
1: Well, Messiah gave him the opportunity for obedience. That was the test of his heart. Yeah, you say you've done all these things as far as the commands are uh, concerned, that well, I've done all these things. That means if you've done all these things, then you're an obedient servant. And so you come to me because I'm the son of God, and you ask me what it takes. If you're obedient, you're going to do what I ask you to do. Go sell all your stuff. No, that was where where Messiah proved that the rich young ruler didn't have obedience. He had a self-righteousness of his own because of the law, thinking that because he had the law that he upheld the law. But if you were upholding the law, that entails obedience. And if you want to know What it is that uh, gets you uh, in the presence of God, it's obedience. And you have to obey Abba, and you have to obey Messiah, and you have to obey Mother because that's the fullness of God in the midst of it. And so we want people everywhere. To recognize and understand that there is an order of things and you must walk through that order. And God, we talked about this in the gathering, whenever God offers a promise of something, how many stipulations are there? How many modifications are there to a stipulation that you can have to get that promise?
0: There's no modification. You have to fulfill whatever the promise is.
1: Right. You have one option. That's it. If you want if you want to receive the promise of God, you have one option. But people have made too many other options, and our plea is to those that are seeking with all of their heart that really want to know the truth is get away from the worldly teaching and Make sure that you get to God, and you have to get to Abba through the Old Covenant. That's how you get to Abba. And even, and I've said this before, the the writers of the New Testament would not have considered what they were writing to be Scripture. No, they and they even said when they were referencing what they knew to be the Scripture, which was the Old Covenant. And so... How we got this whole idea that you don't need the old covenant, you need the New Testament, but the New Testament is just a testament to the old covenant, which that if you walk in it, knowing that it's not going to uh, give you the righteousness, but you're walking in it for obedience, that will give you salvation because you've done the work necessary. But that was something that just came to mind as you were talking about the rich young roller. That was exactly what Messiah was doing was testing his obedience. Same thing with the woman caught in adultery. What did he tell her at the end of the situation?
0: Well, where's your accusers? And he's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't condemn you, but I tell you this, go and send no more.
1: Right. And then the, the, uh, I believe it was a man who was lame, who was healed. And he told him, go and and leave your life of sin so that something worse will not happen to you. Well, the worst is that can happen to you is you're going to end up in hell and leave your life of sin. Why would Messiah tell somebody, leave your life of sin? Why would he tell the woman caught in adultery go and sin no more if it was an impossibility see that's the thing he knew that it was a possibility that if you follow my example after I leave here and my blood is poured on the altar in the tabernacle in heaven you follow what I did and you will sin no more and that's a fact of it and why people just set that aside. I don't know. But again, if for the people who set it aside and they still want to set it aside, that's not who we're talking to. We're talking to people who really want to know the truth of God, who want to advance and grow, who want to gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in order that they can walk a life that's pleasing to God. You walk through, uh, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before God, and you do that in re- in the aspect of repentance toward Abba, and you do that into the repentance towards Messiah, and you do that in the repentance towards Mother. It's a turn in all three directions towards all of them in the
0: process. I had this hit me like a ton of bricks in a good way, just the simplicity, the Yah is able to make the the simplicity of it, of whatever the the scripture where it says that Messiah learned obedience through what he suffered. His learning was, and it's for us as well, is that no matter what YAH will have you to do, it's not about what you do. It's about your willingness to do whatever YAH says. And that's the thing with Messiah that the way he learned obedience and through what he suffered and we learn obedience through our suffering is it's not, a, it doesn't matter what Ya asks. It doesn't matter you, I'm going to do it. Even if it causes me pain, gives me feel good, whatever. It doesn't matter because the willingness, like when he said, Abraham, go and leave your country and go to the land that I'm going to show you. It wasn't the fact that he actually left the country. It was, all right, I'm going to do that. And I, and let I me, mean, it's not that it didn't matter what he did, but the key was, is that I agree with God and I'm going to do this. And then he did it. And what was pleasing to God was, is that he was willing to leave his country. If he said, Abraham, go over to that sheep and shear off all the wool. Okay. Well, is shearing the wool, what God cares about or your willingness to, no matter what it is, wow, this person is willing to do whatever I ask. That's pleasing to me. That's, that's, that's what I want. Like even my son, that you're going to die on a cross that you're willing to do this no matter what, it doesn't matter. So if it was dying on a cross, if it was getting pushed off a cliff, whatever, it wouldn't matter. And that's the thing is it doesn't matter what God says. We'll do it because we want to do it. And then therefore that's what's pleasing to God. Cause even with us was God sitting there like, I just told you guys to start a church and you're going over there talking about how you're going to figure it out. Why are you doing that? I don't understand why are you just, and you keep messing this up and you, Oh, good. We're confident that we knew that they would do it. We were confident that they would do it. And then therefore we started the process. And because we were obedient to God that, you know, we were doing it here, that we're okay with you not knowing things, but we know that you don't know how to do it you've never done it, but we're going to give you what you need. Just like the tabernacle. I don't see Moses like this. Oh my gosh, how am I going to figure this out? And Moses, just make sure that you do everything according to the pattern that I'm giving you. And as long as you do that, I will, my, my spirit is with you. She will help and give people that have talents here and here. She'll help and inspire all the people. You don't need to be concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is, are you going to do this or not? Yes, I'm going to do it. Okay. Now I can work with you, but if you're not willing to do what I ask, then I can't work with you. Then it doesn't. So what I mean, think of, it does matter what you do because that's your faith in it, but it, it's just like the blood of bulls and goats. Yeah. The law said to do it, but the obedience to God was the key in the whole thing. Are you going to sacrifice these animals? Yes, because God says so. Okay, good. That's what we're looking for. That's all, That's what Yah was looking for, is who are the ones that are going to be obedient versus not? That Because my ultimate desire is my son coming, but this is going to be done so you can understand the sacrificial system and understand what holiness is. So therefore, who are going to be the ones that are going to be obedient? All right, well, this law is going to show who are the ones that are going to be obedient to me. And the ones that weren't were bitten by snakes and vipers. And those that weren't, well, you know, you'll be taken over to the, the promised land. So I was just thinking of the importance of the aspect of obedience is that, that steadfast mindset of whatever y'all want, that's what I'm going to do, is what you is looking for that commitment to them.
1: Right. So ob- obedience or disobedience is sin. That is exactly what sin is. So disobedience being sin, that means obedience to God is righteousness. And you either have one or the other. You 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 have sin or you have righteousness. And it's interesting because for the for the many that profess that, well, yeah, we sin. Everybody sins. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I I I sin. Yeah, I I I don't want to, but I sin. So when you say that you sin, you're saying I disobey God. Well, I don't do it all the time, but occasionally I disobey God. Well, it doesn't matter if you disobey God once or a thousand times; it's the same. Disobedience is sin, and as long as you've you can say you sin then you're professing with your own mouth that you're condemned because you're not, you're sinning and you're not being obedient to God. And here's the importance of bringing that up. So disobedience, which is sin, was so uh, despicable to God, that he waited 40 years for everybody who was in that first generation that disobeyed were dead before those that walked in obedience had the opportunity to go into the promised land. And look at uh, Aaron's sons. When they disobeyed, and they didn't offer, they offered, uh, unauthorized fire before the Lord and they were killed for it. If God didn't spare Aaron's sons when they disobeyed, why do you think you're going to be excused when you disobey? And there's a difference if you disobey from a perspective of, I. Uh, it's not an intentional act, but when it's an intentional act, that's defiance. And when you're defiant, that will be met with a sharp, abrupt rebuke and discipline from God because that will not be tolerated. And with the aspect of obedience, we must obey God. And if I say that I sin, then I'm saying I don't, I dismay God. And you can't have both because you're trying to mix a saltwater spring with a freshwater spring, and this should not be. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really important, you know, as we talk about these things, it's really important for people who are seeking with all of their heart, they want to know the truth, because after all, this is who we're speaking to, I Our heart is that everybody would accept and seek the word of God and seek God in order to find this truth so that they can be saved when they discover it. But those who are seeking with all of their heart, that's who this is for. And look it up. And if you have the uh, opportunity, if you see something that's a little bit different, and you want to respectfully challenge, send us a message, you know, but the reality is, is you dig into it. And if you look for the things that we're talking about, you're going to find them. I I, I am 100% confident in that. If you seek for it with all of your heart, you're going to find it just like, I found it when I saw it with all of my heart, and you found it when you saw it with all of your heart, and anybody who comes to that fullness of faith, and you are continually remember that those fundamentals follow you through your faith journey. Even after circumcision of the heart, it's not like, oh, okay, linear, I got circumcision of the heart, I'm done, just kind of like the accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and I'm done now. There's nothing I can do to lose it. So, no, there's a circular perspective that we have to continue to advance and grow. You know, what does the word say? Grow in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior.
0: And you'll know the answer to this, but they just had a question come to mind uh, Is Yeshua a child of Abba and Emma? Absolutely. They're one and only son, and we know that. And I've heard this said in the world by people. Everybody's a child of God. Okay, so Yeshua is the son of God. And my question would be, did the son of God sin? And what would most people say? Oh, of course not. No, he didn't sin. All right. So he's a he's the son of God, and you claim that everybody is a child of God, then why do you keep sinning then? Because first John, we just talked about recently that it talks about there's a difference between the children of God. the children of the devil the devil has been sinning from the beginning the the child of God cannot continue to sin if you call yourself a child of God you will not continue to sin therefore as obedient children to their parents that how do we know the children of the devil the children of the devil continue to sin the children of God don't sin anymore and that's the way it has to be because the Son of God doesn't sin. The kingdom of God does not have any sin in it. How are you going to be able to dwell in a kingdom where sin exists? Because the in John, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Those that claim to be in him must walk as he did. In him, there's no darkness. Well, sin is darkness. Sin is separation from God. light. Like in this room, the light is on. Well, the darkness has to flee. It's not the light. The darkness has to go. That, and that's the same with the kingdom, that the darkness cannot dwell here because God is light. And that's just another place of misunderstanding that, well, because everything is put on, that Jesus does everything. And that's my righteousness, he's my holiness, he's, no, he is righteous and he is holy because of his faith. You are righteousness and you are holy because of your faith and because of his covering, you have the ability to be able to be righteous and holy like he is. But it it just came to mind. I've just heard, I heard that said on either a podcast or something where people said, we're all children of God. And I'll say, no, you're not there. You're not all children of God. You're either children of the devil or you're, you're the children of God. And even Messiah had this with the Pharisees that they were, your father's the devil. Well, why would he tell them that your father's the devil? Because you're sinning. So get away from it. You know, who are you, who here can convict me of sin? that I don't sin, my Father doesn't sin, so therefore, how could you claim to have fellowship with God? See, that's the thing. It's not a fact that we've sinned in the past. That's not the issue, because I agree with the Word of God that all have sinned, other than Messiah. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's absolutely true. But what the Word says is those that continue to sin. That's the key. That It's not that, and even John makes this clear in his letter, That we're not, if we say that we're without sin, then we make God a liar because that's saying that we've never committed a sin. No, we're not saying that. And the word of God doesn't say that. What it's saying is, if you claim to be a child of God, if you claim to be in the son of God, you cannot continue to sin because if you are, even if you proclaim that you're in him or you profess, you're not in him. And the proof is, is because the son of God doesn't sin. If you continue to sin, you can't be in him no matter what you think or say. And that's why the warning, because this is just like Hebrews, it's a warning. Those that claim to be in, in him must walk as he did. He walked without sin. We are capable of walking without sin. But this is misunderstood because of the veil. And we talk about the veils being in place because you haven't walked through the Old Testament to be able to see this being revealed to you. And the scripture that it'll go to most of the time is that very beginning that says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And that's the, that's the license to continue to sin. And what we're saying is, is that no, that's saying, that's talking about somebody that if you do, if you're walking in repentance, then because in your mind, you've committed to your mind that you're not going to sin anymore, then God will say, yes, I'll forgive you of your sins because of your repentance. But other than that, I'm not okay with it. I'm not sitting here celebrating because your sins are forgiven. I'm I'm okay. They're, they're forgiven because you're steadfast in your mind that you're not going to walk in this anymore. And I'll, I'll have mercy on you, but no, this is, this is meant to continue further to where you get without sin because the promised land is a land that was built by God, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven will not have anybody there that has the sin nature in their heart when they get there. And when, and if they do then at the great white throne judgment, Messiah will look at them plainly and say, get away from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness, because sin is lawlessness and it's disobedience to God. And therefore you didn't find your place to get away from sin. Therefore you can't enter this kingdom. You have no part in me, my mother, my father, go to your place of lawlessness, which is the abyss. And that's, you know, plainly, that's the truth of God that there's going to be so many people in that day. that are going to be shocked that they're not going to be expecting it and they'll be pleading for their life and Messiah will very plainly tell them get over here you 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 committed lawlessness you didn't get away from sin and that's why the the information from Yah like this is to find a place where you can walk in obedience to God and that place of obedience is no sin
1: absolutely no sin. It's a absolute aspect because, again, all sin is disobedience, which means all righteousness is obedience to God. And we've said this multiple times. God is the one that you're here to please, not man. And man tells you that you can't get away from sin. And they tell you that, well, Messiah, he died and he took away all your sins. No, he came to be an example, knowing that you would follow in his footsteps. And scripture, again, would not tell you that you must walk as he did, if it's an impossibility for you to walk as he did. When people claim we're all children of God, that base concept comes from going back to the creation of Adam and Eve. And the perception is, is, well, God put us here. So we're children of God. And that's not true. No, we're not children of God. We're children of the earth because we were created out of the earth. We weren't conceived by Abba and Emma. So we have no rights to claim uh, sonship or daughters, daughtership of Abba and Emma only through their true offspring, which is Messiah, can we then be adopted into the family. And you will only be adopted into the family after circumcision of the heart. You cannot enter the a uh, family of God without the circumcision of the heart done by the spirit. It's an absolute impossibility. And so we must walk as Messiah did. Messiah is the example. And if we're in him, he's the son and in him we're adopted as sons. We're not, you're not automatically a son of God. Because you weren't born of God. You have to be born of God in order to be a son or a daughter. And that being born of God comes at the circumcision of the heart. You are now born of God. Messiah showed you the way. You are in him. And therefore, now you are a child of God. Now you are a friend of God. God is your friend not a terror to you anymore. And again, I've said this many times before, if God's your friend and not a terror to you, and God is the most powerful uh, aspect anywhere, then what do you have to fear? If you are truly on God's side, perfect love will drive out those fears that you've had because I don't have to be afraid of anything because I have uh, the most powerful one who, if they want to, they can even spare my life here by stopping a bullet or keeping somebody from doing something that they might want to do. They want to blow up a bomb and the bomb doesn't go off or whatever it is. And if they allow it to happen, It doesn't matter anyway, because my strong tower of God that I'm in locks in my salvation, my eternity. That's what I'm worried about. The problem is, is too many people are living now to die later on when they enter the, when they get to the white throne judgment, we died now so that we can live then. And that's where the the difference is. And the only way you can do that is by obedience uh, to God. But again, when we talk about the gospel message, walking your way up to circumcision of the heart, you're not going to be obedient, even though your mind says, I'm going to be obedient. You don't have the capability until after circumcision of the heart. But you must be steadfast in the mindset and the idea that I'm not going to do these things just like the old testament uh the old testament uh prophets who was a were obedient to God, and look at the obedience perspective of Abraham Abraham, you had spoken about you know take your family and go take your only son and put him on an altar and you're going to sacrifice him. Okay. And I know that there are a lot of people that are like, well, he wasn't really gonna I mean, he, 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 he wouldn't have really No, He knew that God had the ability to bring his son back to life. And this is what God asked me to do. That's what I'm going to do. Whether you understand it or not, whether you like it or not, I don't care and I can tell you from uh starting this gathering of the church and getting away from Christianity that had to be my mindset was I'm going to obey God no matter what they say not man because man is a liar God is not you know let God be true and every man a liar and I'm not going to listen to your lies when the Bible tells me a completely different story and now uh, I'm going to believe this this person said this, and, well, they went to seminary, and so, yeah, I'm going to believe what they say instead of the Bible. No, they went they went to a worldly seminary, and God created it all. I'm going with God instead of the educated in this world. Too many people don't recognize that they have the ability in themselves because they've been dumbed down by Christianity that somebody has to go to seminary and they have to learn these things so they can teach you, but they're not really teaching you because if they were teaching you, and we've said this before, that you would be able to take over their position once they were ready to move on or they passed away. Okay, well, we don't have to hire somebody from outside the gathering. Is that what Messiah did? All right, you disciples, I go make sure that you vet all the people and you find somebody else from outside of your gathering to come in. No, even to the point that they, when they replaced Judas, that they made sure they found two people that were with them from the beginning of Messiah's ministry. So to, to make sure that they were in with the teaching that Messiah was given and that's the importance of it is that you walk in obedience to the teachings of Messiah. You obey him, those who hear these words of mine, and put them into practice. Why would you put them into practice? Because you're obeying him, and your obedience to God will trump anything. It will trump your job. If, you, if the position that God puts me in means I lose my house, means I lose my cars, means I lose my family as for me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was what I had set my mind in and you must, if you're going to walk this journey because you're going to have family members that aren't going to understand and they're not going to like what you say. I'm not going to be hateful with them. I'll just part and If you want to believe what you want to believe, go ahead. We're we're doing this just to put information out there for people who want to know it. If you don't want to know it, I've got no beef with you because your beef isn't with me anyway, your beef's going to be with God and, and I don't want to, I want to see you find that righteousness here to be able to walk sinless here. And then
0: we all get to enter into the kingdom. At the same time. Another scripture came to mind of absolute proof that you must go through the Old Testament first and you spoke it. And I had this on my mind and then you spoke it. And I was like, Oh, this is beautiful from, from YAH. When Yeshua is talking to Nicodemus in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be born of water and the spirit being born of water that, the water baptism is a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, but really being born of water means the full baptism is what he's talking about. So if you don't go through the full baptism, which means you don't go through the old Testament, then you don't come to Abba through repentance. Then you're not going to have circumcision of the heart where you're born, where you can be born of the spirit, which, which made me think of it makes sense. Think about this. So when, when Messiah was conceived by Abba and Emma, he was placed in Mary. Okay as a surrogate she was the surrogate circumcision of the heart we're placed in mother and it makes sense that all those that are in faith would enter the at the same time because it's just being born of the spirit by being in mother where where would you come out and get the perfected body is because you're placed in mother and then you come out of mother who is perfect therefore you have your perfected body so even just from a perspective it's a reverse perspective because yeshua was of abba and ema and then placed in mary we were born at the beginning of our parents but now we were placed in mother so it reverses the process then we come out into the kingdom but if you're not in mother you can't be born you can't be birthed into the kingdom if you have sin because mother is not going to carry a child in her womb that's going to have sin because the the child that she had was yeshua and He's not going to have the sin nature. Well, he had the sin nature because he was flesh. But if, uh, for example, if Abba and Ema were to have a second child, something like that, that it would be, there would be no sin involved. So it just made me think of that that's where you have the circumcision heart, where you have no sin now, that you can then be in the spirit to have fellowship with her because you don't have the sin nature anymore. But um, I wanted to, this came to mind. This is a, a short letter. Uh, in the word of God of, of Jude. And you, we were just talking about how the the disdain for sin that Yah has and that they were patient for 40 years. And this is the just the last couple of verses, and it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua unto eternal life, And on some have compassion, making a a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh, like anything to do with sin. And then it says, now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Well, how is he going to present you faultless in front of his glory if you've got the sin nature that no, well, sin is going to be, you're going to have fault. And even if you go back in Jude, Jude makes it very clear that there's get away from sin and that, you know, if Yah didn't even spare the angels and put them in gloomy dungeons and then, you know, how bad do you think you're going to escape if you... You know, live this life uh, of sin and things like that. So, the uh, just this information being given, just even as we're talking about it, I'm learning more from Yah about the aspect of obedience because the, the fullness of it, where Yah wants you to be, is that you can say, like the Israelites said, that we will do everything that you, we will do everything that is written in this law. And he'll say, Good, I'm confident that you will because now you're in a place where you can actually uphold that and do it and you can walk without sin. So, and something with that scripture that I read about the new covenant, it stuck out to me. It says that their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. And what it made me think of is that, well, because the sin nature has been taken out of your heart and put in your body of flesh, you don't sin. So what do I need to do to I'm not going to remember it because it's not, I'm not going to bring up a wrong or any, because it's been taken away. And that's what I have pleasure in. I want to have fellowship with you and be merciful to your unrighteousness. Those things that you used to do. And I will put my mother, my, um, my beloved within your heart, the spirit mother, so that you will be able to be obedient to me. And, and that's the plan all along. So that that's my desire. And that, that, as it said, that that's what's coming in the future and Messiah brought in that. So in him, we can have the very same thing walking as he did.
1: And so from my part, I'm going to finish up with the summation of the gospel message of how each step has an order, how, how the gospel message has an order. God is a God of order and you must follow that order. And just going to do a quick walk through each one, uh, just to show the importance of the obedience as you walk through each step, because we've talked about, we have the, just real uh, briefly, we have the seeking with all of your heart, the believing God, the believing in God, the godly sorrow, the repentance, the obedience, and the trust. Okay. So this is how it works. Okay. Can you believe something if you don't seek it? Now, we know that with God, the word of God says, seek for me and you will find me when you seek with all of your heart. So when we're talking about God, it has to be a seeking with all of your heart. Okay. So can you find God if you're not seeking with all of your heart? No. And if you can't find God, then you can't believe God. So you have to have the seeking with all of your heart before you believe God. Okay. So that's a, that's shows you the order is seek for me and you will find me when you seek with all of your heart. That's the first step. Then we move to the believing. Okay. Because I, and I see that God is right. Okay. I believe God. Okay. But I can't believe in God. If I haven't believed God, that there has to be that belief first. And then, okay. God exists. God is real. Now, for me to believe in i have to come to an agreement with it and so i move from believing to believe in how can i have sorrow about something if i don't believe in it if i believe in it that's what drives me to have the sorrow because i faltered and i failed this law of god and so i have the sorrow so you can't have the sorrow without the believing in and then the sorrow leads to repentance. How can you repent to God if you don't have sorrow for what you've done? Sorrow is not repentance. It's a step before repentance that's necessary for you to repent. But you cannot repent to God if you don't have sorrow. And so the sorrow brings a repentance. And if you haven't turned to God, how can you obey God? You can't. And it's an absolute impossibility for you to obey God if you haven't repented to them. And then you repent to them, and then you obey them. When you obey them, then you can trust them. If you aren't at a point where you're going to obey God, then you can't trust them. And so you set your mind in the obedience. Now you can move to the trust. And so each step precedes the next step, Skip over seeking with all of your heart and go to believing God, and you can't go through uh, seeking with all of your heart and believing God and then skipping to repentance or skipping to uh, trust. That they're laid out in an order of understanding, and you must have the first one in order to go to the second one, and you must fulfill the second one to go to the third one. And you must, so each step in the process is laid out plainly. There's an order. You must follow the order. Follow the order that God designed this, just like the tabernacle that he gave Moses. Follow to the exact order, and you will have salvation. You will have the ability to live in this life without sin, with a clear conscience that we are more than conquerors. And you cannot be more than a conqueror if you haven't conquered sin. Now, we conquer sin because of Messiah that, like Paul said, it's not I that do it. It's Christ in me that conquered sin. So, but my sin is conquered and I no longer sin. So I am more than a conqueror because it's gone. It's gone completely. So just, uh wanted to bring that aspect up as we, you know, we're talking about the fundamentals and why do we talk about the fundamentals because the fundamentals are necessary. It's just like we talked about. If you don't know how to add and subtract, how can you multiply and divide? No, you, you must learn to add and subtract first in order that you can multiply and divide. If you don't know how to add and subtract, then you can't multiply And then you can't go to the higher math formulas, algebra, uh, trigonometry, you know, and on up the line. You can't do those each step in the process. Why are you taught in that order? So you can do the higher math when you get to it. But when you're doing the higher math, you're carrying along all those elementary teachings with you. It's just the fact that you move beyond the elementary teachings, which means I don't have to teach you that one plus one is two. I don't have to teach that. You you know that, and so we move on, but that's the whole thing. We can look at things in the world and the way it's set up, and it shows a perfect example and understanding of the godly things don't write it off. Don't set it aside. If you want to know the truth about God, then dig into it and look and recognize that there is an order of things, and in that order, you will find salvation if you start seeking God with all of your heart, and you never let that go throughout your whole faith journey. Unfortunately, a lot of people seek God, but don't seek God with all of their heart. They seek God with what they want God to be, and that's why we have false teachings that will give you what your itching ear wants to hear, and your itching ear wants to hear that, well, I can still do these sins and, and get away with it because Messiah died for my sins, and no, you can't, and that's the fact of it, and whether you believe us or not, whether you believe the word of God or not, it doesn't matter because in the end, every mouth is going to be silenced before God, every knee will bow and on every tongue confess, whether you're going into hell, or you're going into heaven, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And so that's, that's where I will leave it off for this evening. Um, because the most important thing that I see in the fundamentals is not just the fundamentals, but the order in which you must follow the fundamentals to be able to have salvation in God.
0: Well, it's just like Peter says that in Second Peter, he talks about adding to your faith goodness and goodness, you know, and it goes on from there. That even though you know these things, I, I give you these things just to remind you that you keep increasing and moving. And um, we'll we'll end on this this evening, Phil. Something that we talked about walking the other night. There's a movie that gives a concept of this that you were chuckling at, but it's very appropriate for this, is is that you think about the original Wizard of Oz back in the 30s and Dorothy being on the farm in Kansas and leaving, and she's told, follow the yellow brick road. Well, the gospel message, the path is fundamental. Repentance, obedience, and trust, and even going back to seek with all your heart, follow that yellow brick road, follow that narrow path, because... Wide is the gate and broad the way that leads to, to death, but the the narrow gate, the very few find it that leads to life, that's that yellow brick road. But the yellow brick road, you've got to follow the direct path, and when you get to the castle, you get to the kingdom. As long as you follow that yellow brick road and you've done everything according to the order, the critical path that it goes through to find it, then you will find God. But make sure that you find that yellow brick road, and the only way to find it is to seek with all your heart. And like Phil said, don't believe it just because we say it, but you seek and search it like we did. But you'll find that you'll find the same truth if you seek with all your heart that we found. So um, very appreciative of God giving us the opportunity to do this. Just a reminder that we do have a podcast on Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern time, as we hear on Tuesday nights at the V. If you have any comments or questions, anything you'd like us to discuss, you can send us an email at hidden treasures with an S revealed at AOL.com. And um, Phil, Lord willing, next time on Saturday, we'll be here. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you on the next podcast.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life and especially in faith is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge, to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock ask and you will receive seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you seek the hidden treasure of god and you will be blessed by it